Good morning. Good morning. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Um, happy Monday. Hope everyone had a great weekend. My weekend was definitely um, short but sweet. And um, it's the week of Thanksgiving. So this is going to be a week of Thanksgiving for me. I hope that everyone is in a Thanksgiving spirit and just enjoying the goodness of God, especially during this season. Um, uh, it's not the norm of what we're used to during this time of year, but God never changes. He's still the same and his presence is with us. And we're going to give him thanks for being here, for seeing another Thanksgiving. Just give him all the praise, glory, and honor for what he's doing in our lives and for what he's going to do. I am in a spirit of praise anyway, because I just got done listening to um, a song I haven't heard in a very long time <laughs> about Elijah by um, Judy Jacobs. I hadn't heard that song in years, and I'm just uh, overjoyed to hear the, the truth in those lyrics. I never really had the opportunity to really listen to them. And um, she said that these are the days of Elijah, and that is actually true. It absolutely is. And um, we discussed last week some very great and powerful things. And I am excited, excited, excited about last week. I had some time to really go back and um, review some of the nuggets that were shared on Dimensions of Greatness last Monday. And um, we've been talking a lot about vision. As I started the podcast two weeks ago, God told me to begin with vision because in order to get a person to a dimension of greatness, they have to have the sight for the fulfilling of that greatness. They have to have an understanding. They have to be firmly rooted and grounded in the understanding of the word of the Lord. And um, I talked a little bit about last week about how the word of the Lord can be a vision and is intended to be a vision. The word of God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But how many know that sometimes you have to hear the word of God and then you are expected to um, act out a certain obligation in the Lord or um, a certain responsibility to fulfill the will of the, of the Lord. That's what causes it to be a vision. The word of the Lord becomes a vision when it's acted out, when it's acted upon, when it's reenacted, when you put one foot in front of the other. The Bible says walk by faith and not by sight. You're not walking because of what you see. You're walking because of what you heard, but because of what you heard will cause you to move. And when you move, you're fulfilling a vision and you're fulfilling what thus saith the Lord. So God is good on this Monday morning. I mean, I am sitting here in this seat. I am trying to be calm, but I am excited. And I'm going to let the Lord have his way because I really believe that there's a dimension of greatness that God wants us to attain. And my name is Felicia Atlas. And if my name ain't Felicia Atlas, I am going to make sure that we get an understanding of what this really means. And I'm no different than anyone listening. I am going through the exact same process. So that's why I feel it's very important for me. Like I just said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when you put one foot in front of the other, you have a power and a grace as a, through mobility, through transition, you have a grace to be mobile. And through that mobile anointing and that mobile grace, you're shifting yourself into fruition. And I just believe that as I release what God has given to me, he will 
allow me to be a partaker of the fruit as well. So everyone's learning. Um, we had no one has fully attained anything. We're just basking in the potential to be great because he did give us that potential. And as a matter of fact, he even said greater works than these shall he do because I go unto the father. But um, last week, I'm going to re recap a little bit about last week. The first week, we just pretty much did an introduction about what the dimensions are, what greatness is in God. And you can never really talk about that in its entirety because there's so much weight there. Um, and you can especially not do it in 30 minutes because there's so much weight and knowledge, wisdom and understanding there. But um, and then last week we talked about um Ezekiel and Elijah and how the Lord dealt with me very strongly about the duality. Somebody say duality. Somebody say duality, meaning dual, meaning two purposes. And God has been giving me the two by two for quite some time, uh, for maybe three or four months. And um, I just, you know, I listen to the Lord and I try to gain an understanding and I give and I and I I'm patient as he reveals things to me. But I'm shocked that he's still dealing with me about the two by two. And um, one day, as a matter of fact, um, that two by two revelation started a few months ago when I was sleeping and I was awoken by an angel and he said, you know, two by two. And, um, I began to study that then. And since then I've gotten a lot of information and revelation about, uh, uh, you know, the power of glory and the power of the spirit of God and how those two virtues meet up and how they cause a person to become great when the glory of the Lord is revealed in their lives. And there's just so many different revelations I've gotten. But right now, as it pertains to a dimension of greatness and fulfilling the greatness God has for your life, we're going to discuss vision. I'm going to be hammering on this very strongly for um, until at least the beginning of the year and um, uh, uh, January 1st, 2021, at least because um, there's so much that has to be shared. And I've already taken up about five or six minutes just recapping, and I haven't even gotten into um, the nuggets that the Lord has shared with me to give to the people. So there's about three nuggets that I'm going to sum up, and it's building upon the foundation that was laid last week that talked about um, how in these days that vision will be essential to understanding God and his greatness so that you can fulfill his will and become great. In these days, vision will be essential to understanding God and his greatness so we can fulfill his will and become great. I spoke in the first week about the anointing of the seer, how no one ever talks about that, but the seer works directly in congruence. Somebody say congruence. I said duality before. That means two. That means the power of two working hand in hand. Congruence means they're together as they're as in operation. So congruent that the seer would speak to um, David, the seer would be in the Old Testament um, trying to impart the word of God into the kingdom so that it would trickle down, filter down through a system of anointing to the people that they would be um, in, the, in the presence of God and be able to fulfill the will of God. So vision is very important. It has various meanings, but for the most part, it just means to grasp an understanding of what God expects to grasp an understanding of what God expects. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You have spirits of um, rebellion that come through witchcraft, spirits of disobedience that come through sin. And you have to be able to see what the Lord is doing prophetically. You have to be able to hear that you can have faith, which comes by hearing to be able 
to um, have the shield of faith, which is able to block the fiery darts of the wicked that is able to counteract the attacks of the enemy. Because if you can't see, you're not working. You're not working towards fulfillment and you must be fulfilled in the will of God and you must fulfill the will of God for your life, that the kingdom would come and that it, God's will would be fulfilled on earth as it is, as it is in heaven. That is a mandate from God that is that every believer is responsible to fulfill. So we can't get out of it. We can't say we can't see because the Bible tells us to seek, to seek after the will of God so that it can be fulfilled in our lives. So vision is something that will be essential to understanding God and his greatness, not only God and his greatness, but the greatness that he wants to fulfill in you. God has a greatness that makes him God, that makes him great, that makes him omnipotent, that makes him um, glorious, that makes him marvelous and splendorous. He has that, but God has another dimension of greatness. And I said that I uh, in, the, in two weeks ago that I would discuss about when he took me to this place. He has a dimension of greatness that it's actually a place. And when you arrive at that place, you begin to operate in certain works. The Bible says greater works than these shall you do because I go unto the father. So you're not getting to greatness without understanding the works. You don't know what works you need to do till you understand the vision. You won't understand the vision until you understand the word of the Lord for your life. Now, Last week, we also talked a little bit about how vision made Elijah and Ezekiel most effective in their ministries. I never understood that. Maybe you understood it. I never had that understanding, but now I'm just so in love with the power of vision. And God gave me some very powerful things over this past week to impart to everyone that's listening concerning glorious, glorious, anointed principles. I mean, they are mind blowing. I'm going to touch on it a little bit today. I may not be able to get into it. I'm, I'm my, my mind is wanting to cut in right now and just begin to, to share, but I'm going to stick to um, what I have prepared because I really want to talk about the Eagle. I really want to talk about the Eagle and uh, the beauty of the Eagle and how the Eagle has the most beautiful sight and what they actually see. And, um, God has shown me how they actually see. It's not just the distance that makes their sight anointed. It's not just the distance. Uh, there is a meaning of vision in the Bible in certain references that says to mount up, that the vision can mean to mount up. That means get up, get ready and take off and soar. That mounting up power has to be bestowed on a person after they understand where they're going. The reason that the eagle's anointing is so strong and that they're one of the four faces of the living creatures. I'm not going to get into that because that's my little, that's, that's my sweet spot. It's those, those four living creatures. Oh, glory to God. God is getting ready to, he's getting ready to share it. He's getting ready to share it. <laughs> but, um, the eagle is one of those faces, but uh, the number four, the four faces. I, there's just so much. The, the four means to build. Four means to build. And the eagle is one of the four faces. So God wants us to build the vision through the anointing of the ox and the lion and the man and the eagle. But that's not for today. Today, even there's a duality, even though there's a duality of Elijah and Ezekiel, and Ezekiel is the one that has the grace to impart the anointing of the four living creatures and what their purpose actually is. Ezekiel, um, he is the, 
I want to say he might be one of the foremost as, as far as vision is concerned. And even though there weren't apostles or people believe that there weren't apostles in the Old Testament, there's an apostolic anointing. It didn't just come when Jesus came. The apostolic anointing was already here, but it was only interpreted as a vision. So whenever you see the word vision, you can interchange it with apostle or apostolic movement. So Ezekiel might have been the foremost because the Bible even says that Ezekiel was a priest. And then the word of the Lord came to him and he began to see. So he had a, there again, the word duality, a duality to be a priest, which is someone that ministers unto the Lord, that can release the word of God, that can cover the people with prayer and take away the sins and things like that. But then God said, I'm going to put a, a double portion on you to be my servant as a prophet. And now I'm going to open the heavens and you're going to be able to see as you're able to see, I'm going to show you these four living creatures. And I'm going to give you the anointing that they have on them so that the people 2000 you know, years from now will be able to grasp and take hold of a tangible anointing. But let's get back to Elijah. Y'all got me all. Y'all got almost got me into my sweet spot. My sweet spot is the revelation of those living creatures. But anyway, um, so how vision made Elijah and Ezekiel most effective in their ministry? We talked about that last week. So I didn't understand until I was finished with the podcast last week. And I said, oh, my God, the Lord just said, "Uh, uh-uh, Felicia, you have so much more. There's so much more power. And we are already 15 minutes in. So I don't have much, but I want everybody to get excited. Get excited right now. Get excited. Okay. so last week, Ezekiel had an anointing of impartation. I'm sorry, Elijah had an anointing of impartation. We talked about that last week, but his impartation was for infrastructure. What do you mean infrastructure? Infrastructure is an anointing that has to be present whenever you're building. I don't care if you're building an ice cream sundae, you have to have a bowl or a cup. You gotta have some type of infrastructure. And speaking of um, ice cream sundae. Um, I'm making a pound cake and um, some sweet potato pies this Thursday. I just want to throw that in there. And I have all the infrastructure together that's going to make sure that my dinner is absolutely great. Even though I'm not having guests, the infrastructure is together and God is going to impart a glorious anointing of uh, recipes, uh, shabasata, and um, a tastiness this Thursday. Thank you, Jesus. I already feel the anointing of Thanksgiving on Thursday. So let's get back to it. So impartation. Um, you have to have the infrastructure. Infrastructure is there whenever anything needs to be built. So I didn't get to touch on that last week, but I'm going to touch on it a little bit right now. So the infrastructure was imparted through Elijah, mostly when the rain stopped for three years and then the rain was supposed to come back after a three year time period of a drought. Ezekiel had an anointing to establish visions through reenactment. He was told to see, here's the word, eat the scroll, do this, put it in your stomach, tastes like honey, do this, do that, talk to the dry bone. So he was a dramatization of everything that the Lord said. If God said um, the face on my face, if God said my face is red because the people are making me mad, then Ezekiel's face would turn red. If God said, I want to get up in a hot air balloon and show everybody the Ezekiel would get up in a hot air balloon. So sometimes we have a prophetic anointing on our lives that is going to reenact everything. I mean, sometimes you might go through a trial and feel like you're going through what Job went through. Prophetically, you're probably going through the same reenactment of what Job went through. You lost everything. You lost the house. You lost the car. You've had um, trials and, and tribulations and your friends are telling you it's because you in sin that you're going through this, but it's not because you're in sin. You're living out a prophetic unction. You're reenacting a prophetic word so that you can get the double. 
And if I had time, I would go into the truth about Job and what God was really doing and what Satan was really there doing. As a matter of fact, let me just share that because I've been holding that in for a long time. Now, sometimes you have a prophetic call on your life to reenact everything. Even just like Hosea had to marry a prostitute. God is married to those that are not faithful and clean. And he's married to the backslider and the whore and everything else. And so Hosea had to mirror that. Some people will mirror things in the Bible, in the word of God to get the power on their life. If they don't reenact it, they have no anointing. They have no calling. They sit in the regular section. There's a regular section in the kingdom. That means you will understand God. You will love God. God will love you. You'll go to heaven. But as far as the greatness of fulfilling a great mandate, it will not be there. So you have to reenact certain things. Now, Job was reenacting certain things, but Job wasn't a sinner. Job wasn't in sin, but everybody thought he was in sin. What happened was God didn't just tell the devil when the devil showed up with the, the sons of God and the sons of God were there. They were having a meeting. This is what the Lord showed me in the spirit. They were having, and remember this, this is so powerful. This is so good. I can't even believe I'm sharing it. Um, cause I'm actually writing about that, but listen, so they all came to God. We're not going to be able to finish today. <laughs> so they all came to God and I hope that y'all are enjoying this. Now y'all are getting to see Felicia. Now y'all are getting to see, see, see how I said, see, y'all can't see me. You hear me, but you're able to see you see what I'm saying? And I'm going to show you in the Bible where Elijah said, where uh, Jezebel said that she was going to kill. She sent a messenger to tell Elijah, I'm going to kill you. And Elijah saw it and he backslid. He ran. How did he see that Jezebel was going to kill him? Somebody told him, a messenger went and told him, but he saw it and he backslid. See, you can have bad visions too. You can have bad visions through the word. See, faith comes by hearing... He heard that Jezebel was going to crucify him and kill him. Just like, you know, she gave the word. She said, if, if this doesn't happen to me tomorrow, I'm going to do this to you. She said, if, if I'm not dead tomorrow, you're going to be dead. So I'm sending these people to kill you, Elijah, not to kill you, but to kill the system that you just established. You went in the trenches and you called down fire as rain. And I want to kill that system. I want to kill that anointing. It will not be around in 2020. It will not be around in the latter days. That anointing has to die. But what she didn't know is you can't kill an anointing. The impartation is going to flow through the people of God, no matter what. So anyway, let me tell you a little bit about Job. And we're going to get back. So Job, so the, the sons of God were there in front. And I'm going to, the reason I'm sharing this because it does kind of go into what I'm talking about as far as seeing See, Job couldn't see everything that was happening, but he knew God. He knew the word of God. He knew that God was faithful. And so he was hearing God and his, listen, they went before the Lord. God didn't just say, have you considered my servant Job? Why would God do that? Why would God say, have you considered my servant Job? Who's actually great. He's actually so great. He's such a loving guy. He honors me. He cherishes me. He's sinless. He's a righteous man. Take his kids, take his riches, make him sick, do everything. Just don't kill him. God did not do that. The devil said I was walking around. The devil was searching for some man in the earth to take over witchcraft. And since Job was rich and had rapport and had reputation, Job was going to be the man to start this great movement. And God said, have you considered him to do it? They had an agreement. If Job makes it out of this, 
you, he went to God and said, can I start this whole movement of witchcraft, this whole demonic uproar in the earth? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to prove it to you. And God said, sure, you can do all of that. See, God didn't put that part in the Bible because God knows that there's power in the revelation of it versus saying it because so many people would latch onto that word and, and seek witchcraft and, and fit it into their you know, diabolical plan to get into darkness if God would have put that in there. But he revealed it. He reveals it to his prophets. Now, listen, in the book of Job, Job is saying Job is the most poetic book in the Bible. And it's poetic because the poetry anointing is coming through him going back and forth with the spirit of righteousness and the spirit of witchcraft. And so sometimes he's poetic in nature because he's singing a song in the spirit, trying to keep his sanity, trying to keep his, excuse me, his salvation. But the spirit is on him. Spirit of death, boom, witchcraft, the spirit of lack, boom, the spirit here, the spirit there, the spirit of the friends, the spirit of shame. It's all there to make him say, I am, and, and the devil was going to restore him and give him this great power. And it's proven in the book of Job. And Job said, who can call Orion? Who can call this planet? So astrology and astronomy, all that was going to be birthed through Job. Okay, let's get back to Elijah. That's a great revelation. And um, I can't wait to really get into that and share that. <laughs> so listen, so yeah. Um, so I didn't even get through my recap of last week. I didn't even get into the word. But Ezekiel had an anointing of impartation. Elijah had an anointing of impartation. He imparted infrastructures. Infrastructure means the ability, the foundational potential to build. Now, God has been dealing with me on top of Elijah, on top of Ezekiel. He's been dealing with me about build, 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 build. But you cannot build without the vision. The vision is the big picture of why you're doing what you're doing. And it must be present. It must be present. It must be present. And I have so many great and glorious nuggets from the Lord and from his word that I want to share because out of a spirit of love and out of, of a spirit of impartation, because I want the, the manifestation of it, not just for me. I want it for my life, but I want it for the people of God as well. Because once you understand that there's power in that word, you understand? And that there's so many riches. The Bible says spiritual blessings in heavenly places, spiritual riches. Paul talks about that quite often, but if, but there's a, a builder's anointing that comes along with it. Now, the four and the four and the four I talked about with the living creatures, that's a whole nother thing. But right now there are three things that must happen to cause your vision to be built apostolically. There are layers of impartation that must be laid. You must lay a foundation. Jesus talked about that. Now, the laying the foundation, Jesus being the chief cornerstone, Jesus was a carpenter. All that did not just come from nowhere. There is a system, a heavenly structure that allows the word of God to be made flesh. In other words, to become life in your life. And Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Even before he was born, he was the chief cornerstone because the foundations were laid. So I'm going to talk about the foundations and the layers. Now, first and foremost, in order for the will, the vision of God to be built, you have to build the vision. People see the vision. Oh, I'm going to do this, but they don't build. Jesus was a carpenter. So he had a vision. I'm going to come to the earth. I'm going to live. I'm going to have a three-year ministry and then I'm going to die. But when I die, I'm building salvation. I'm building redemption. I'm building resurrection. I'm releasing restoration. I'm releasing healing. He was building a kingdom. Uh, he said, in my house are many mansions. 
How did he have a house if it wasn't built? How did he have all these mansions if they weren't built? How can you put a mansion inside of a house anyway? The infrastructure. Huh? The infrastructure was there in the name of Jesus. So he did a glorious, miraculous infrastructure to be able to release the impartation. Now, so in order for the vision to be built apostolically, layers of impartation must be laid. First and foremost, identity. Identity is the very first layer of building. That's why Abram, God came to him before he started to bless him. He changed his name to Abraham. This is your identity. Father of many nations, Jacob, this is not your identity. You shall be called Israel. Listen, so even the word of God says, I will give him a name which no man knoweth except him. I'll give him a stone, a white stone, a diamond, the Bible says. I'll give him a diamond. And in this stone, in this diamond, some people say it's the stone from the 12 foundations of the 12 tribes of Israel. That could very well be possible. I always visualized it as a diamond because that's just how the Lord revealed it to me, but it could go either way. Depending on how the Lord reveals it to you, I'm sure that there's truth in both. Now, I will give him a new name. So you have to have this new name. I cannot believe we have five minutes left. Oh my gosh, I have so much to share. You guys have to come back next Monday after Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkey this week. Enjoy your family. My family and I are doing a Zoom call where we're gonna do prayer together through the Zoom. Um, And we're not gonna eat on the Zoom call because I I can't be distracted when I eat. I gotta really eat and maybe try to watch a football game or something, but we're gonna at least pray together. But um, I want y'all to come back Monday because I am going to finish where I left off. But first one is identity. Um, You have to have, you have to understand your God-given identity. You can't build anything on falsehood. You can't build anything that you're unfamiliar with. So God gives you space and time to become familiar with yourself. I called you to be an evangelist. I called you to teach. I called you to preach. I called you to lay hands. And he builds up your confidence. He builds up your most holy faith in that identity. And then you begin to establish. And then the vision, if he says you're going to travel the world, if you're going to have a real estate um, conglomerate of multi-million dollar enterprises. You have to start with the laying the foundation of your identity. If you don't know who you are, see, that's where insecurity comes in. That's where low self-esteem comes in. That's where, you know, God, even with Moses, he struggled with low self-esteem and that's why God showed up so powerfully in his life. Now, that's what I was going to get into. When God begins to show you your identity, he shows you his identity. He shows you his identity first so that you can match it. God says that the, the teacher can be, uh, the, the servant can be as the master. Yes, you can. And so he wants us to understand, oh, you can be just like me, not a God. You're not going to be God, but there are pieces of me that I need you to reenact. Like I spoke earlier that the word of God will be fulfilled in your life. So um, there are three things, identity. I don't think we're going to get to the other one, but um It says in the book of Elijah chapter 18, it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, third meaning established. He established the word. It's coming in the third year saying, go show thyself unto Ahab. Go show yourself. You know who you are now. You the man of God. You said it wasn't going to rain. It hasn't rained. The word of the Lord has come to pass. Go show yourself to, to Ahab. You know who you are now, Elijah. And then I will send rain upon the earth. So in order to get the manifestation of the word, in order to get the fulfillment of the word, in order to get the truth of the word to come to life in your life, you have to know who you are. Then verse two says, and Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab. He went to show himself. So he girded up himself. He said, you know what? I'm Elijah, the prophet. 
I'm going to go show myself. I'm the man of God. And he put one foot in front of the other and he went on to Ahab. Now, I'm going to get into part two and three of uh, next Monday because when he went unto Ahab, he ran into someone. He ran into Obadiah, who Obadiah was a governor in the kingdom of Ahab. So the next phase, part two in establishing your vision, part one is getting your identity. Part two is understanding there's going to be a word governed over your life for that season. So understanding the governor of your life for that season, which is a word. Obadiah was the governor in the kingdom of Ahab. So nothing went forward. Elijah didn't move. Ahab didn't move. Nothing happened until Obadiah, the governor, met Elijah. The governor met the word. The governor met the prophet. The governor met the prophecy. And these two duality came together and they made a pillar of impartation. So the governing word has to be um, understood. For Elijah, the governing word was rain. It was economic dominion and sustainability. I stopped the rain, I brought the famine, and then I'm gonna bring the rain and bring restoration and bring the people of God back unto God. And then the third thing is, after you get your identity and your governing word for your life, you have to have that governing anointing. It's very important. Even the Zerubbabel, people don't understand how anointing he was, anointed he was for the um, impartation pertaining to Nehemiah and, and um, Ezra. But um, the big picture, number three is the big picture. So number one is identity. You got to have that. You got to understand and ask God for that. Number two is the governing word. You got to have that word over your life. That word is going to cover and protect you. Obadiah took a hundred prophets, split them up into two. There's the number two again. Two means impartation. He put 50 prophets there, 50 prophets there. And he said, I hid the word. I protected it from Jezebel. I protected it from Ahab so that the word can live, so that the kingdom can be restored. The kingdom can't be restored if all the prophets are dead. So he hid the word, he covered it, he protected it, and he fed the word. He fed them with bread and water for that time. So you got to have the governing word and then you got to have the big picture. The big picture is how is this blessing the kingdom? Somehow your vision must play an essential role in restoring man back to God or restoring the things of man back to God, restoring what belongs to man back to God.